because it could have the potential to unlock the dream that they have for their family. And I know that's how Scott and I got started in this. Um, we had the dream of not waking up with an alarm clock, of not working nine to five at a desk, or you know what I hear of some days, nine to nine at a desk. Um, we had the dream of traveling more and to spend the daytime hours where our daughter would have typically been at daycare, um, instead with our daughter creating memories. And Bitcoin has the potential to do that for people. So I think that everyone's dreams look a little bit different um, and that's okay. But if you're a parent and you're looking to create a life that you really only dream of, I think Bitcoin has the potential to do that for you. Let's absolutely go. My name is Patrick and welcome to the Bitcoin Pitch Podcast, where I'll chat with anyone in Bitcoin. I don't care if you're a pleb, anon, or OG, you'll be giving us your Bitcoin elevator pitch and answer some quick hitting Bitcoin questions that will be beneficial to newcomers. The goal of the show is to keep it short and sweet for all those people you are trying to orange pill. Today's guests are Scott and Mallory from Shamari. Shamari is a Bitcoin card game that is great for all ages to start learning about Bitcoin. They also created the book, Goodnight Bitcoin, for younger kids as well. Here's my conversation with Scott and Mallory. All right. Hi, uh, uh, Scott and Mallory. Thanks for taking the time to come on to chat. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so yeah, if you could kind of start off uh, a little bit about uh, both of yourselves, your backgrounds, and how you got into Bitcoin, and also what you guys are creating the Bitcoin space? Mark, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, so my background, my professional background is working with high school students uh, diagnosed with various disabilities, helping them to prepare for their transition out of high school into the workforce. Um, I also have a master's in social work and I've always felt most valued and most valuable to society when I'm doing things that positively impact people. So I do that professionally, but it also rolls really nice into what we're doing together uh, through Shamari, through the card game um, and through the book that we have, just being able to impact um, you know, families and kids and teach them about Bitcoin and teach them about the mining space. But it's been a good, a good journey so far. Yeah, and my background, um, I kind of, kind of, kind of come from the educational side of things. Not being a teacher, um, but for the past 13 years, um, I've been in the ed tech industry, um, doing sales, marketing, product management. Um, so, kind of have that, that educator brain. Um, I kind of come from a, a a family of teachers, if you will. So, my mom, aunts, cousins. So, that's partly where, um, as we started brainstorming, storming what is now Shamari, uh, where it all came from, being able to recognize, okay, there, there really was a, a gap in the marketplace for fun, engaging products for all ages, particularly kids, um, uh, to be able to kind of start learning about Bitcoin in, in a simple, to, easy di to digest way. Um, and before that, um, I actually spent a number of years in the accounting industry. Um, and so a mixture of kind of my accounting brain mixed with the educator brain is kind of where kind of merges nicely with, uh, with the world of Bitcoin, where you can kind of understand the, the numbers and the, uh, I, was, I did audit. So verifiability, um, you know, obviously is all surrounding that space. So I understood the, the value of scarcity and being able to recognize, um, you know, the, the, the value emerging of worlds and then uh, putting our two big brains together. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, yeah, if you could kind of talk, I know you mentioned the company Shamari. If you could talk about the two uh, products that you have now, uh, the book and also the game. 
Yeah, totally. And so we uh, we launched uh, initially with a game in July of 2020. Um, so we'd been working on it for about a year um, in various form and it took about that time to get out. We had never um, put anything out there ourselves. So whether it was manufacturing process, design, the shipping process, start to finish. Um, so it probably took about a year, year and a half to like walk through all that. So July 2020, we launched, I know most people can't say this, but launched Sean Murray, the, the card game. Uh, the game, in simple terms, centers around the, the process of Bitcoin mining. Um, you don't need to know anything about mining going into it. It's similar to the game of memory and that you know you probably all played as kids where you're using your mental energy uh, to remember nonsense tar- nonsense targets where they're placed down on the table. As you find those matches, the blockchain gets mined. You play in a group of say two to five. Um, each time you mine a block, you get a reward. Um, and then you're also rolling a dice the, all, along the way. So um, your chain can actually get attacked. So just kind of walking through that process like for kind of like four to five year olds all the way through adults. Uh, one of the stories we heard recently was actually a, a grandparent playing a game with his grandchildren children, um, who then learned about mining through it and then started mining himself, uh, which is a completely crazy story. So almost uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's quite yeah. the generational gap there. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So and we do have drinking game version rules for it as well. So that's <laughs> that's the game, Bitcoin. Um, so the book. So I'm sure we all read Goodnight Moon, uh, Goodnight Gorilla, all those books going up. We have a two-year-old, so we're used to them. And so while the game is really kind of ages four and five, all the way through adults. Uh, the book is something to kind of close that zero to three-year-old space. And we're, we're excited to have it out there. Feel free to add on anything related to that you want on that. Yeah, the book has been great. I mean, we read it to our daughter. She's the inspiration for the book. Um, it's a cute story about two friends, uh, Satoshi and Hal, who create Bitcoin to make it happen. And it puts in those keywords that you would want to start introducing to your kids. Um, Satoshi nodes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Mining. Um, it's a cute story. And, you know, as adults, we are parents, we read to our kids all the time and it's, it's enjoyable for myself to read a book that I also have an interest in. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's, I know it's on my uh, wish list to, to grab, uh, at least for Christmas. So I'll be adding both of those to my shopping cart. And uh, we have, me and my wife have two young kids uh, now. So that'd be good for them to uh, get them start thinking about it, even though they're younger. So I have a uh, almost two-year-old in December and then a five-month-old. So um, a little bit younger, but you know, it's never too young to learn about Bitcoin. Again, the book, no, the yeah. book is perfect for that. And we actually play... Uh, we don't play the full game with, with our daughter, who's um, I guess like two and a half, almost two and a half in a few months. Uh, but we do kind of miniaturize it where we take like four cards out and have her start memorizing where, mm-hmm. where the matches will be introduced to it. She loves looking at, so I'll show you on the book, everything with the book or the game is kind of wrapped around the, the little yep. monster character. So she loves honestly just running around the house with, with the cards in her hand and looking at it, which at the end of the day, that's where the engagement starts. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just familiar with a character that has a, a Bitcoin logo on its hat or on its stomach or whatever that, that little bit um, in our, in our eyes is kind of where that uh, kind of uh, starts seeping in uh, mm-hmm. right. years now, just start understanding it more and same with your kids and everybody else's. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, awesome and really cool what you guys are doing. Um, so to kind of dive into just a few easy uh, Bitcoin questions, um, I'm really trying to keep this podcast, uh, for beginners and um, really made it for friends and family that are close to me uh, because I've probably talked to them so much about Bitcoin and they're just like, shut up. Like I don't care about it. (laughs) Something that I talked with Andy was um, uh, almost like if you're creating content, whether it be, you know, your games 
um, or a book or a podcast, whatever it is, uh, if someone outside of it sees you putting in that work, like, well, why is this person taking all this time uh, to do that? So, and it, it kind of lines up with like proof of work, you know? So it's mm-hmm. definitely, uh, that's a reason why I've done it. So uh, an easy question for someone new, you know, if you could kind of talk about, you know, what the phrase in Bitcoin means, not your keys, not your coins. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take that one. So in really simple terms, I would say that it means taking control of your Bitcoin, but you could think on it a little further out and say that it's controlling um, and taking accountability. The lesson that I'm working to teach my daughter currently, um, and I will probably continue to teach her for many years. It's kind of just being able to take that control, understanding that you know, at the end of the day, you're responsible. In this case, we're talking about you know, your Bitcoin, but extrapolate to that to everything. So whether it's your, mm-hmm. your education, um, the food you're eating, um, your exercise, um, sports, you know, you really control the outcome there. And so obviously there's there's pluses and minus, more pluses um, than minuses, but being able to actually truly Bitcoin not have to worry about, okay, if the, uh, the exchange, gets, exchange gets hacked or um, whatnot, you're, you're lending your coins out and, um, you know, they were shorting Bitcoin and there it went. Um, so being able to truly understand that this is your power uh, to be able to go through and really have that for for long for life, ideally. Yeah. And it's like almost the one kind of asset that someone you, you can actually take control of and almost someone can't steal it from you, yeah, like exactly. with by force. Yeah. Um, so uh, another thing that I'm trying to keep level headed that I actually got feedbacks from friends, because obviously uh, I'd say we're all Bitcoin bulls here for the long term. Um, but I guess if there was a, to keep us level-headed, you know, how could you see Bitcoin failing um, and what are like potential downfalls? Yeah, I guess I can kick that one off. Um, I think the nice thing is um, over the past, say, you know, three or four months over the summer period, when we had the, the little dip and so much um, got thrown at Bitcoin at once, whether it was the but, you know, the media just come back with their, their old attacks, so, you know, the, the tether stuff, uh, obviously China and the, a lot of stability going on right now. And we're seeing that uh, as we speak and the reaction of the price, along with some other things. But at the end of the day, nothing is guaranteed. Um, and so being able to truly understand that really tying it back to your last question. Yeah, you know, we control all this together. We control the network. We got to be able to um, allow the nodes to work together, the uh, the Bitcoin core developers. So I think one of the things is making sure that those core developers, um, if they're not continuing to be sponsored by places like a cash app, those people go away. Um, we're then all exposed because then the, the chain can become vulnerable. Um, so making sure that those people who are doing the, the day in, day out, you know, probably working 12, 14, 16 hours a day behind their computer to make sure that these um, uh, these VIPs get placed in there. That That's something that really truly needs to make sure we, we happen. Uh, we can all support the best way we can. That's probably the, the number one thing that comes to my head is making sure that those developers are always staying on task and, and compensated and, and made to feel worthwhile as they should be. Yeah, it's a great answer. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people in the space always donate to open source uh, developers to uh, support that because, you know, we're supporting them, but it's supporting the entire network, which is what we're all part of at the same time. So it's a great answer. Um, so for both of you, you know, what do you look forward the most regarding Bitcoin's future and its impact on the world? All right, I'll take this one first. Um, well, I would uh, take control of their future or at least individuals at a younger age. Um, taking more control of their future is, is something and 
we've had the opportunity to meet with and to talk um, and just to learn more about the things that are happening um, in third world countries that are providing people the opportunity to be banked um, in ways that they wouldn't be if it wasn't for Bitcoin. It's it's incredible to see. Um, and so continuing um, down in Peru with Rich Motive, who we recently you know, had lunch with, or Carlino over from Bitcoin Lake in Guatemala and what they're doing in Bitcoin Beach. Um, it's inspiring. And I look forward to more of that happening. Yeah. And just to, to piggyback that, I think all that uh, kind of goes hand in hand with just the, the growth of the network and um, being able to see how it can actually change not only those countries, which is vitally important, but more and more is um, seeing how parents, particularly, we're all parents on here, not just the, the financial side of things, but it's, it's also reshaping how people are thinking about education. In many ca- cases, you're hearing more and more people talk about how, you know, maybe the the traditional um, K-12 system or the traditional higher ed system isn't isn't right for me. And having a, you know, that's the industry I've been working in for a long time. Mallory has that background. We've recognized those changes were coming no matter what, um, but the past, you know, year and a half uh, with everything really sped that up, not just because of Bitcoin, but everything else that went on. Uh, but being able to one of the things that makes me happy uh, for everybody and in particular being able to really have a family um, environment shaped around how we really want to move forward with our lives. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that every morning you're waking up to an alarm clock at 6 a.m. Uh, to be able to rush out the house because somebody needs to get to school over here and then work over here and then get back at five and make dinner. And blend. It doesn't need to be like that. Um, there's ways that you can be productive, um, learn um, and continue to grow as a family um, that don't make your life as chaotic as historically it's probably been changed. So I think Bitcoin is helping more and more people to realize that aspect. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, you know, I, I never had thought about like the previous school system too much, um, but obviously once you get involved in Bitcoin, it touches a lot of different things that you never thought about before. Um, so yeah, my wife's a school teacher too. So I know we've had uh, different conversations about, you know, what we're going to do for our kids. And it does get you thinking about things um, like I said, that you wouldn't normally think about. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, if you could uh, both, like if you could go back in time, convince yourself of Bitcoin uh, the first time you heard about it, knowing what you know now, uh, what would you say to yourself to get interested in why? Um, however, you can't just say the price is going to skyrocket. Yep. <laughs> that would be the easy one. Right. I remember, so I remember the first time um, I heard about it. I don't know the year I want. I, want to say it was probably around like 2012, 2013. I remember sitting um, in my mom's living room at the time and there was a news story on the local news and it was talking about the first Bitcoin ATM um, coming. Obviously that would have been a, a great place to jump in. We didn't, um, took a few more years to, to be able to really dive in. But at the time, I think what I would have told myself unrelated to the price uh, would be just around understanding scarcity. Like you understand, I understood the concept of scarcity at the time. I didn't really know how it related to Bitcoin just because I hadn't taken that time to, to dive into what's going on, but you understand it around, you know, housing and, and other things. And so being able to say, okay, if, if there is an asset that is scarce and is only going to go down, is coming out over the years and the amount of visibility and, and digital nature of our world is only going to grow, um, you know, keep it as simple as that. More people becoming interested, something becoming more scarce, what's going to happen. Like it, it may take a while, but that growth is going to happen. So I think I would probably really focus on that scarce aspect um, going back uh, to that period. Yeah. And what, and what about you, uh, Mallory? Um, so 
I, you know, I'm, this journey is still, it's pretty new to me. If I'm, if I'm being very honest, I think I'm still really learning as I'm going. Um, and I, I would, I guess, incur, I would, maybe I wouldn't be able to look back because I haven't been involved in this journey for very long, but I would just encourage myself and anybody who's curious to look more into it. Um, because the people that I've met in this Bitcoin space, whether that be at conferences we're at or lunch with, like I just mentioned from um, down in Peru, like everyone is so welcoming and so interested in talking about it because it's such a passionate subject for them. And it's brought so much freedom to them that I would just encourage to start, you know, start talking to people, get online, like listening to podcasts, just network because everyone has been extraordinarily friendly. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, and um, Scott was the first person that's reached out to me since I started the podcast. So can definitely attest to that. And, um, yeah, it is a different, I have tried to explain to people, like if people think you're bringing value to the space, they they're going to help you no matter what, like they could, because they want the, the, the network to succeed just as much as you do. So yeah, I just I think that's really cool. You don't, you don't really get that anywhere else. Um, no, and sometimes you truly don't. Yeah. I mean, you don't, that's one of the, like one of the best things that I've noticed in this space. And just like, since we've created Shamari, you know, we meet so many at what, you know, one point they would do us many of them, but we've just met so many people that we wouldn't have ever interacted with. And now we interact with them on a regular basis and everyone is just, they're welcoming. Once they know that you're genuinely interested in learning and that you want to talk about it, and for us, we have Sean Marie, which has taught their kids or their parents or brought together their family around game nights. Like the relationships and the people in this space, they're truly passionate and they're welcoming. And I've never experienced that around any other topic. I think it's something, it's amazing. Yeah, the positive, as you said, the positive nature of everything. I think sometimes, especially on Twitter, people, uh, it gets a bad rap for the, the tax that go on, but that couldn't be farther from the truth, especially, you know, when you're aptly, you're talking on a zoom, like we are today, um, or physically at a, at a meetup or at a conference or whatever. Um, it, it's an experience that you can't really relate to outside of, um, the Bitcoin uh, network really. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people say, you know, Bitcoin Twitter is really toxic, but you almost like it's a good thing too, because they have to defend the network to a point. I mean, obviously there's some bad characters, but like, for the most part, um, it, it's like you got to point out like the reasons and and like all the issues and things that people point out, you know, it, it comes up like over and over. So I can understand frustrations from people like, here we go again, like this, this, uh, <laughs> this FUD coming up. So um, what's a one book article podcast or I threw in their game too, um, that you would recommend to someone new uh, in the space so they could start learning? Yeah. I think, um, I guess I'll, I'll shill uh, the very first podcast we ever went on back when we, we launched um, Sean Ray back in July and somebody who's become a great friend of us, but uh, Daniel Prince and, and once been um, one, uh, just a great person, but he brings a different perspective um, to the topics, um, mixing in kind of his financial background along with his passion around education right? for if those who are familiar with what he's trying to do. Um, not just Bitcoin related, but just homeschooling, world schooling. He's able to have um, quite, uh, conversations with some of the uh, the big names you might have heard a thousand times before talking about the same questions. But he's really diving deeper. One of the one of my favorite podcasts he ever did was um, with Michael Saylor, who obviously was right after he did his first big buy and he was making his rounds. 
but the, the conversation you had with Daniel was extremely different because it focused on Sailor's education side and creating his free um, uh, platform over there. And so it's just bringing, bringing out a different uh, perspective in people. So that'd be um, I tell people to go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not sure if you have something different there, Mallory. It, interesting enough, I was also going to say that <laughs> I do enjoy that podcast and I do, I have enjoyed getting to know Daniel and his family um, outside of the podcast, you know, on a personal level as well, which just goes back to how welcoming everyone in this space has been to us. But I guess if somebody else was looking for something else, I'm going to have to go ahead and plug our own, our own product. I, I will share that, you know, when we're at conferences and we're at meetups and we're sharing the Shamari game. Um, with individuals, the stories that I hear from families who already have it, who just like there have been numerous times where a mom or an aunt or an uncle come up to our table, not because they want to buy it, just because they already have it. And they want to tell us about how they've been playing it with their kids and how it's just been a fun way for families to bond. I heard a kid as young as two starting to play the Sean Marie card game, which I find unbelievable because I have a two-year-old and we play a very modified version for her, but there's an actual two-year-old that's playing the whole game. And then the grandpa who started playing it it is now mining. Like those types of stories, they're, they're unbelievable. So I can tell everybody to buy it, but our best sales is really when other people, you know, are telling us that they, they love it. Um, And recently my mom, you know, I've been talking to her about Bitcoin for a while and it's a bit over um, So I've rested that, Um, but she was watching our daughter and she was doing the nighttime routine with our daughter. So she was reading her a few books and she was reading her our Goodnight Bitcoin book. And in the book, it talks about Satoshi and it talks about nodes and it talks about the network. And we got home that night and my mom had finally asked me a question about Bitcoin. And it was a very basic question, but she said in the book, Satoshi helps create Bitcoin. Did, did Satoshi really do that? And it was like the first time thought to ask me a question about Bitcoin. So it started a conversation where she started it. So I just think little, you know, little things like that, our yeah. products can help do that. Yeah, we actually, right before we got on with you, um, uh, Glenn Hodel on Twitter, he, he tweeted us, he, uh, his kid came home from school today and the teacher um, sent home an assignment to next week do a report on one person who's changed the world. Um, so he said, they're going to, using Goodnight Bitcoin and the story of Satoshi to be able to, to talk about Satoshi in, in class next week. So little things in public, people tweeting them out or sending us a message or whatever it is. Um, it, it's why we, you know, West, it started just a game like, you know, okay, I think this is gonna be fun. Let's do it. And then after we started doing it, we're like, okay, we, we got something here, you know, let's keep, keep expanding. So that's why our mission is really just to keep putting out fun education products for all ages. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome uh, to hear, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on it too, and and uh, play with my wife, and also I'm probably gonna end up getting the bundle, and then also get the game set and give it to uh, some family members too. So excited to do that. Nice. Um, good way to yeah, yeah. <laughs> right time for the holidays too. Oh, right. <laughs> um, all right, so so to get to the end of the podcast. Um, if you had five, 10 minutes to give a, a Bitcoin elevator pitch, you know, what would you say to someone uh, to get involved? Go first. You want me to go first? Sure. So I think it probably centers around merging a lot of the earlier questions together, particularly around the ability to kind of take control of your life. You know, you hear about people complaining about the day-to-day, um, just kind of going through the monotony of what, what you do all the time, but not doing anything to change it. 
whether it's the work, whether it's your health, whether it's the food you're eating, um, complaining about not having time. And the thing that, that Bitcoin does is really, if you have patience and if you have a low time preference, it's not a, a lot of people think it's, it's a get rich quick scheme. It's not, you know, this is, this started for us for almost exactly four years ago. At least that's when I started diving down it um, and for being kind of the fruits to our labor. But if we didn't have that low time for preference, we could have, you know, made a U-turn um, after the, the 2017, 2018 run up and then said, hey, this, is, this isn't for me. So I would start there and say, you know, one thing that uh, we as, as humans have come to need that nature of kind of immediate gratification. But if you can put that aside and start slowly, you know, start pricing some of your stuff in Bitcoin, maybe not the little price purchases because that can be a little harder to track, but think of one thing, whether it's for, uh, um, a new TV, something, you know, bigger purchase and say, you know, this is something I, I want. I can't get it today, but I want to be able to, to get it within a year or two years or four years and start pricing that in Bitcoin and see if the price goes up or does it go down. And ideally along the way, you're saving up for it and start saving all or a portion of that in Bitcoin. I think that's how people will start to see, oh, you know, that TV that was $500 is now only going to cost me $250. That slow nature of things are getting cheaper, where if I had just held on to it, it's actually getting more expensive, as we all know. So I think I would just kind of walk them through that low time preference nature, um, start to try to live like that, as well as taking some some bigger items that are easier to, to monitor, uh, calculate in your head and kind of have a goal for and watch those go down in price. And hopefully the combination of those two things helps kind of lead them down the path. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard thing to change too. Cause like you said, like, I feel like in society, media in general, celebrities, all these different things, it's like consume, consume, consume. Like we got to get as much as we can now. You just want to be rich. Like people don't want to wait to be wealthy or rich or whatever, whatever it is. Like they don't want to wait the five years if that's what it takes. They want it overnight. And that's a, that's something that's um, I've noticed with like friends. If I mention it, they'll bring up other coins. They're like, oh, what if this coin goes to a dollar? It's like, okay, like maybe it'll happen. That's a lot of risk. You're taking tax implications like yeah. and like you have to buy and sell at the right time. And like compared to Bitcoin, it's just like buy and hold. And that's that's really it. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, the handful of people that have come on. Uh, finally started buying over the past year because it was, that's not a lot, but tell them, we all tell them the same thing. Okay. If you're going to do this one, it's your choice. We're not, we're not telling right. you, to do it, but if you do, this is our recommendation, you know, put out whatever initial uh, kind of lump sum you want to put in there, whether it's a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or 10,000, but that's you. And then just whether it's daily or weekly or monthly, put a little bit in, um, don't touch it for at least four years. Like right. that's our recommendation. Like, yeah. I can't, <laughs> what happens between now and four years, you follow that, then I'm confident that you'll be happy in four years. Yeah. And I, I, I forgot who mentioned it on one of my shows, but they were like, as soon as you buy it, expect to just, for it to tank in price, like <laughs> just expect that to happen. So uh, yeah. So um, yeah, for you, Mallory. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on who I would be talking with, who my audience is, but I'm a parent and you are too. So we'll just stick it with, um, I'm talking to parents and I would tell them that if they leave in Bitcoin and they want to learn more, um, that they definitely should, because it could have the potential to unlock the dream that they have for their family. And I know that's how Scott and I got started in this. Um, we had the dream of not waking up with an alarm clock, 
of not working nine to five at a desk or, you know, what I hear of some days, nine to nine at a desk. Um, we had the dream of traveling more and to spend the daytime hours where our daughter would have typically been at daycare um, instead with our daughter creating memories. And Bitcoin has the potential to do that for people. So I think that everyone's dreams look a little bit different um, and that's okay. But if you're a parent and you're looking to create a life that you really only dream of, I think Bitcoin has the potential to do that for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, before Bitcoin for me, it was like, how, how am I going to figure all this out? You know, I have two young kids. Like I, at the time we had one, but we knew the other one was on the way. And uh, I was like, just like, am I just going to work for the rest of my life? Like, and like, that's it. Like, yeah. and like, I'll be able to retire when I'm like 67 and that's it. Like, that just seems crazy to me. And like, um, you know, it's like Michael Saylor says, like, it's, it's hope for the future. Like you, like I've been able to just like every little bit that I DCA, I DCA every day. And I just know like, this is going to, again, my personal opinion and probably the most for in Bitcoin, I know this is going to be worth more valuable in the future and I'm willing to wait for that. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I'll just save in here. And I, I, I know I've had conversations with my wife and I'm more into Bitcoin than she is. Like I, I talk about it all the time. She probably hates it, but uh, um, like, I, yeah, like I think it was two days ago. I was like, you know, like, I really think like we could like probably retire in like five years. Like that's what I've like said to her. And I know in her head, she's probably like, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cause right now my wife's not working just because it's easier with both the kids. So um, I know she's thinking like, I'm just crazy. And people probably here in this probably think that's insane. But like, again, like, that's just how I feel. Like, I really feel like it, like you said, it gives you your personal freedom back. Yeah, It does. Yeah. Yes. And what you do with your time once you retire in five years is, I bet it's exuberantly better than if you were sitting in your desk from nine to five in five years. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting to unlock those, those ideas that really people only dream of. Yeah. And, and I, I would, I would have never thought like I would start a podcast too like never in a million years and um to to just start doing it and and it was more of cuz like yeah I wanted to talk about bitcoin with people but I also wanted to like I said before I wanted to show people who were close to me like if there's something more here that you need to take a look at like I know I talked mentioned it to you but there's definitely more uh than what I'm just telling you you need to really take a look yeah and I think one thing almost goes back to one of your earlier questions, but people don't realize it's not just the, the money side, but it's, it's, it's the environment too, but it's also, you know, how mining is going to, ideally it's going to, to help the environment heal. It's not going to happen overnight once again, and there's probably going to be some battles along the way for misguided things, but in the long run, it's going to make the earth a, a greener place. Um, and so people, people don't realize, like they just see the headlines, you know, Bitcoin uses X, Y, Z amount of energy, you know, it's like, okay, dive deeper. Don't be lazy. Right. But it takes time. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, and also to say like, yeah, it uses energy, but for what it's solving for, it's like crucial. And it's never, we've never had anything like this that it's solving for too. So, and I'm sure people hearing that, are like, what are you talking about? And it's like, no, just keep looking. You'll find it. You know, <laughs> I get there when, when it's your time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you guys both coming on uh, to kind of, 
give your pitch, talk about your background. Um, so if you just want to leave off, you know, where can people learn more about you, uh, the company uh, that you guys have and um, what you're kind of putting out in Bitcoin? Sure. No, thanks for having us. It was a, it was a fun chat to, to come grab either the book or the game, or like you said, there's the, the value pack on the site. So it's, it's Shamari, S-H-A-M-O-R-Y.com. Um, for those that don't know, it's a mixture of, so SHA-256 is the cryptographic algorithm that, that Bitcoin uses. So that's the S-H-A. And then Mori comes from memory, the game of memory. So we matched those two words up. So little tidbit there. Uh, so Shamari.com is the website. Um, on Twitter, uh, Play Shamari uh, is the, the handle for the, the company. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at Scott M. Sibley, S-I-B-L-E-Y. Um, so feel free to be Twitter free, um, but by, be a byproduct, a proxy uh, going through <laughs> those two things. Um, but yeah, feel free to, to come on over. Uh, but we pack everything ourselves. So it's me and my wife and, and Charlotte. We yeah. pack, ship, uh, you know, so you order something from us, you know that it's coming directly from the stack that's hidden in the, the corner of our two bedroom uh, <laughs> condo. So. Yeah, we're truly <laughs> grateful for every person purchasing. I, well, I actually handwrite a thank you note. So I see every single order and you will have a handwritten thank you note. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate, uh, again, you guys coming on and I'll be making my purchase shortly. So you'll see, you'll see my name come through. Um, and again, really appreciate you guys taking the time today. Thanks. Thank appreciate you. It. Yeah. Thanks so much, Scott and Mallory for coming on the show. You will find in the show notes links to all that was mentioned, including where you can find and follow Scott, Mallory, and Shamari. Shout out to Last Call Monday for the intro and exit music and Drawn to Heal for the show's artwork. You can check both of them out from the links in the show notes. If you got this far, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you feel you have a Bitcoin pitch to tell, I want you on the show. Feel free to reach out to me via Twitter at baby underscore pat with two y's and two t's or email me at bitcoinpitchpodcast at gmail.com see you next time